Father in heaven, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you for the sun. Thank you for the weather here. And help us together to to come to your word now with an open spirit, um, with um, the tendency and abilities to learn from you and teach us from your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, um, Peter, I don't know if you can turn a little bit the door to um, just just a little bit, no, no more than that. And, um, okay, um, let me rephrase something that I say yesterday from the beginning regarding the topic. The topic is regarding justification by faith. And um, in the times in which we were um, together in the administration, devising strategies for the next years and so on, um, administration began to to think about about this 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 topic, so justification by faith. So um, uh, this this is the topic which we are going to present uh, today. And um, and let me tell you that uh, sometimes we present the topic with a tendency to be too much complex, and of course it belongs to the area of systematic theology. But when you when you go in deep, that is a doctrine of salvation, and um, and one of the things that I've been uh, emphasizing yesterday is that justification by faith, it is a topic that distinguishes uh, Christianity from any other religious movement across the world, because because and yesterday I was. I was talking and I using. Let me get back to the to the same topic that I've been mentioning and quoting yesterday, and is the book of Acts, chapter um, sixteen, verses verses twenty nine through thirty one, and um, and here you have a very clear illustration about what I will say. Um, a pagan concern, a person with no Christian background idea regarding um, how he might be able to connect with the divine. And, uh, and, and, and when you open the Bible and, and check about, the Bible says, then he, the keeper of the prison, called for a light and sprang in and came tremble and fell down before Paul and Silas. And, and here is the question. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do um, to be saved? What must I do to be saved? This, this is telling you that in, in the context of that mind, what, how salvation can be obtained. Um, it is it is very clear from from the vocabulary that Luke, the the writer of the of the book of Acts, is using, and that is poien, is the Greek um, 
uh, word that he used. Something, hey, welcome. Something that must be down. So that is the understanding, but, but see the answer. And they, Paul and Silas said, believe, pistewonson is the word, on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. So, um, when I, when I was reflecting upon the topic, um, sometimes preachers, we preachers, tend to, to make complex something that is more simple, very more, much more simple. So what I'm, what I'm going to, to rephrase now is, is the main idea regarding what is emunah in the Old Testament, and what is pistis in the New Testament? And in, in the essence, I, I don't know if I, 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 I do have something here that, that is, um, that is, uh, beginning to move down. But if, if you, if it's coming, no, it's not coming. So something, something in the transportation of the image into the projector is not doing well and I don't know what is what is coming now. Um and, and yesterday I used a lot of um explanation to reach this this point. Here here you have something that I put today for you guys that I put here in the in the blackboard and and that is that is the topic. In the Old Testament in Hebrew that is emuna. That is the word. That is faith. Emuna. And in the New Testament, for the Greek, remember something. Uh, approximately two centuries before um, the the New Testament, before Christ, um, the Hebrew writings were translated into Greek. That was the first translation. And they use the word um, emuna is pistis. And pistis um, uh, is the Greek word for the same thing. And also in the Old Testament, the concept of justice, and those who are lawyers probably are, are very interested in that word, is sedak or sedaka. Um, I, I don't know. Believe me, it's not myself. Something going out here and... Um, it's coming. I, I will try to keep that. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's Dikayosuni. The quite interesting thing of this is that the Greek side is more involved in the language of the civil court and that is more human. But in the Old Testament, is in the court but also, also is divine. Because um, emunah is one of the characteristics of the Lord in, in the Old Testament. And that's the reason why I've been trying to read all, all the verses that you were reading yesterday, because that, that is part of, of the uh, idea. Um, let me... 
let me see if I can bring up that. But um, yesterday we were uh, reviewing um, the book of um, the book of Exodus. Um, let's see if I can bring it here. Um, chapter 17, verse 12. And, uh, and the Kingsland version that I do have bring the expression um, eh, emunah as stidi in English. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verse 4, the Bible says, He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment and God of truth and without iniquity. Um, let me see if I can keep it that way without moving, but something probably I need to um, change this device that is between the connection and the, and, and, and the projector. But, but what I am trying to show you that the, the concept here is that emunah is a characteristic of God. And it's a, it's a diverse reflection and shadows of meaning regarding God. God in the Old Testament here is steady, uh, he is truth, and is righteous, and um, and also in First First Chronicles, um, the concept of emuna appears as um, set office. Is, is the translation for, for that. So um, one of the things um, yesterday in the presentation we were um, in the closing emphasizing is that, that emunah is, is belief, is faith, is faithfulness. And we were closing uh, with uh, lamentations Chapter 3, verse 23. Remember that. Um, when the Bible says, They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. And one of the things that, that call my attention into this topic is that Emunah, um, is is practically one of the characteristics of the Lord. So, so this is very important to take in account because what I, what I am trying to say is that when we are working English, Spanish, or whatever be the language, sometimes we are missing the the original concept of the word that conveys. A very deep and profound meaning. And yesterday, I've been mentioning that um, when you ask to a Hebrew person background, um, what is emuna? Um, he is going to tell you, well, it's a very wide word in in the meaning, and and it's true, because emuna is faith, emuna is faithful, emuna is truth, emuna is uh, steady. Emuna, um, it, it is a, a lot of other words connected 
or related with that concept. So what what is the emphasis in, in doing that? Because I, I understand that sometimes we might be able to ask ourselves, can we be with those characteristics? And the point is, yes and no, in certain sense. Because God is faithful. God is the provider of our faith. God is with that character. But when we establish a living connection, a spiritual connection with him, those elements in his characters are going to be reflected in our character. And yes, through the spirit. Yes. And, and, um, and, uh, I, it is, it is quite interesting. So, um, it is, it is important to come up here to the topic because the first time that the word appear in, in meaningful that is going to be transported into the New Testament is the moment of Abraham. And, um, and, and the Bible mentions, uh, very, very, very clear this, this topic, uh, regarding Abraham. Let me get back to that. I guess I have it here. And it's Genesis 15, um, 6. So let's, let's go to the book of Genesis for a moment. And, um, and let's read that. Genesis chapter 15, verse 5. The Bible says here, and he, Abraham, believed, and here appears again the word emuna, in the Lord, and he, the Lord, counted it to him for righteousness. So um, there is a lot of speculation and in theological reflections regarding that. And, uh, and if he just, it is the est- statement of the Lord that is, that is the point here, or is the word, or is the person, you know, several things. But remember something. Who is the owner of Emuna? To whom belong? Belong to the Lord. Abraham only is going to reflect the Emuna that is divine. And it's very clear for me when you read the Hebrew Bible, for example. And, and he believed uh, Emuna in Hasem says the, the Jewish translation, and he credited Emuna faith to him as Sadaka righteousness. And by the way, use that. Uh, remember, uh, yesterday I, um, I mentioned here that it's quite interesting sometimes to check. And, and for you guys, there is a, a kind of, you, you, you heard something like um, is Spanglish, you, you heard the word sometimes in, in the south. Well, h- here is Ibri English, Ibri English, 
could be, maybe the, the word, you know. It's a kind of Bible in, in which is mixing up, you know, um, in intersecting in the um, English terminology and vocabulary, the Hebrew versus some Bible elements, and is going to keep you updated of what is the original word regarding that. For example, when when they use the word God, they they don't put they don't put God. You know, to give you the right idea, um, they are going to put that way. Let me show you here. Why? Because in the original Hebrew original, they put in the name of the Lord all the vowels out and keep the consonants. So, so when they are going to write the name of the Lord to, to avoid any mispronunciation or any kind of wrongness in the, in the way in which they are going to pronounce or say the name of the Lord, they avoided that. That, but by the way, they, they were doing, when, when they did that is, um, you are going to read is the Ketiv, and the kere is how you write and how you read it. That's the reason why the name of the Lord in the Old Testament to avoid to take the name of the Lord in vain, according to the commandment, they suppress uh, all, all the vowels that are, you know, phonetic symbols under the letters. They put them out. And this is the, the, the rationale for, for doing that. Um, it's quite, quite, quite interesting, the topic. But again, Abraham, the Bible says, believe. But remember something. What was the background of Abraham? He was not Hebrew. There was no Hebrew before him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There were no Hebrews b before him. He is the father of the nation, and the Lord provided that, and he believed that by faith. So faith began to be at that moment the element of uh, interconnection between him and the Lord, and the Lord saw in Abraham a reflection of the faithfulness of himself, the Lord, reflected in Abraham. That is the reason why there is called, you know, the, the, the father of faith. So, when you go to the book of Habakkuk, now, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, and that is, that is important because this is the key text that the Apostle Paul is going to use in Romans. And tomorrow we are going to go in deep into that. From that moment, it, it is mentioned, Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him. But the just shall live by what? By faith. By faith. So sometimes we are, you know, um, in our church, in the 
studies of systematic theology involving what is faith. It is faith involving works or not. Let me tell you something. It, it's quite interesting. That is not a discussion into the Old Testament. It's a discussion in the New Testament. Why? That's, that's a key. That's a key point. Because I, I don't know if I'm going to... I, I cannot avoid that. But let me tell you that um, the point is that in the Old Testament, faith involved to act according to the faith. No questions about that. In the New Testament, you are going to enter into the uh, the Greek kind of thinking in which they differentiate reflection and acting. In the Hebrew mind, is all together. So that's the reason why they are not going, never, they are going to discuss regarding that topic. So Abraham, when when the Bible says he, he has a muna, made him viewed as considered or estimated in the eye of the Lord as a person who was reflecting that he was a sadiq, that means righteous person. So it's clear from this text that it was Abraham Emuna, his faith in God, and specifically in his revealed word and command and living according to the word what makes Abraham righteous. Because he was reflecting completely what the Lord was telling him. And Abraham was reflecting the attributes that belongs the character of the Lord. That, that's important to, to understand here. And that, that, that is, um, I will say, a, a very little piece of information into the topic of salvation that is, that is important to, to take in account. Hence, we find that in the Hebrew mentality, to say that Abraham believed equals to affirm that he was beginning to live according what he think. Act and belief is united in Abraham. Yes. We say that uh, the relationship between David and Jonathan was something of a vision of this faithfulness which automatically brought action on the part of Jonathan with David. He was faithful for David and so automatically he protected him from his own father. He automatically, when, when Samuel anointed him, he automatically knew he was going to take a back step. Well, you're going to see that... Um the Old Testament used the concept of femuna um, not only in our relationship with the Lord, but in also um, among people or between people. Yes, can be can be 
Yes. The, the concept of, of faithfulness and to be steady is in, in the word. I mm, that's the idea. Um, of course, um, um, regarding that, um, um, one commentator mentions um, regarding Genesis 15, the quotation is one of the clearest statements in all scriptures about justification. Abraham's faith is not a meritorious work. It is never the ground of justification. It is the simple channel through which it received, and it too is a gift. Is a gift. Um, let me let me share with you Ellen G. White quotation regarding this topic. Abraham, she says, believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. And and she quotes James chapter two twenty three in. in in the New Testament. And Paul says, they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Galatians chapter 3 verse 7. But Abraham's faith was made manifest by his works. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith brought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. James um, chapter 2, verse uh, 21 and 22. And this, um, it is uh, EP 95, uh, 2. And Ellen um, White says also, there is danger in regarding justification by faith as a placing merit on faith. When, when you take the righteousness of Christ as a free gift, you are justified freely through the redemption of Christ. No merits into that. And, and when, you, when you go to the, to the Bible, what you see is simple. It is a dynamic description of dynamic relationship in between. The Lord and Abraham. And um, what is faith? She asks. And she says it's a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrew 11.1. 1. And it is an assert of the understanding to God's words which binds the heart in willing consecration and service to God who gave the understanding, who moved on the heart, who first drew the mind to view Christ on the cross of Calvary. Faith is rendering to God the intellectual powers, abandonment of the mind and will to God and making Christ the only door to enter into the kingdom of heaven. So um, let me enter into um, into a into the other topic that is related here, and is the concept of righteousness in the Old Testament. That is 
tzedakah and, and his meanings, righteousness. By the way, it is, it is quite interesting. Emuna is one of the characteristics of the Lord. Righteousness is another characteristic of the Lord. So, understanding justification by faith, you need to understand this. Faith belongs to the Lord. Righteousness and justice belongs to the Lord. So, he is given us personal attributes of his character. The Bible says he is a rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment. And God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. Uh, that's Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4. 32, verse 4. So, so in the moment in in, in which God declared Abraham righteous, he declares that Abraham shares an attribute that belongs to his character, to the Lord's character. So the concept of just, justice, right, righteousness are a spiritual concept, but in the root, in the root of the word, they are legal spiritual concepts related with God as creator, God, as sovereign, God, as a judge, and to the law as a reflection of God's character. So everything is involved into, into that. So when, when you are going to see in the Bible, for example, in the Old Testament, that Abraham is, is keeping um, the, the, the word of the Lord, sometimes I, I do have an intention or attention with the evangelicals regarding this topic. Why? Let me tell you something. Um, uh, this belongs to to the other to the other seminary. Uh, the concept of word of God. The concept of word of God. Think about what is what we understand that is Torah in 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 the Hebrew mind. Well, normally we say is Torah is law. Point. You know, but when when you began to when 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 you began to search, you you are going to to discover that it's more than that. It's more than that. Torah is Torah is um, is the Ten Commandments, of course, is the Ten Commandments. Torah also is the first five books in the Bible. And uh, when Jesus says, didn't you read in the, in the law about this and this? What is he quoting? He is quoting the Torah. So what is Torah? Torah, in essence, is the word of God here, here. And when also you see the Holy Read, 
that is Old Testament, when, when, when we call, that is also Torah. And when he, the Lord is speaking, that is Torah. And that is the understanding of the Hebrew mind. So sometimes, sometimes that is a little bit difficult to reflect, you know, to, to, to displace from one culture into the other what is the real meaning because in translation, just we are keeping one word into another word. And you say, that is translation. Um, let me, let me, let me explain some things regarding, regarding this topic, for example. I've been involved in translation for years. But sometimes, when you, when you just put one word into another linguistic context, you are not conveying all the background that is involved into that. Absolutely. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, you. The Torah was who they were. It was, it was in the time they were little, they were that law. They lived that law. It was part of their everyday thoughts and things that they did. And that's what God wanted. He wanted their law to become so much of who they were that you can separate it. And that's what, that's why you can't. And that's true. I, I, I th- you can't translate that because it's it was their thoughts and actions and etc. all reflected on the law. That's why when Jesus came and did things that didn't, it was so shocking. So and sometimes, sometimes you say, well, um, when you are translating, you know, um, and I've been in um, today. I've been talking when when coming here. I've been telling my wife. I can do successive translation, but I cannot any longer might be able to do a simultaneous translation. Simultaneous translation means um, somebody is talking, and I am talking continually what what the person is. But um, you know, uh, my mind is alzheimerizing a little bit. Uh, uh, Alzheimer's is is calling me, inviting me to. To enter into the club, you know, uh, I don't know if that is the truth, but but you, uh, you lost the dynamics of of the of the concept. But however, however, in the simultaneous translation, sometimes it's quite difficult to convey exactly the meaning that is in the original context of the language. Um, yes, I'm in Cuba and I'm doing a sermon. And I said, I went to the church and I stuck out like a sore thumb. My wife looked at me and gave me the look. Because she couldn't translate that into Spanish and have the same meaning. (laughs) Certain idioms we have, certain experiences that we have in English that then create a saying or a or an understanding where you try to switch it to another language. It is difficult it sometimes. Just doesn't work. 
it is it is difficult. That that's the reason I am I am trying to bring this uh, into the attention of the topic. The the other day, uh, regarding always with translation now, I've been I've been talking with um with a um, father-in-law of one of the pastors here, and they love to do missionary work, and they went to South America and they were um, teaching in South America, and they they began to uh, distinguish this. They were, I guess, in Guatemala. And there are, in the interior of Guatemala, um, the main language is Spanish, but there are approximately between 11 and 14 local languages, indigenous languages. So they were in a, in a, in a, in a group of people that were in Guatemala, but they were not with the um, complete and fullness Spanish because they were into those indigenous dialects. So they were speaking English, translation into Spanish, and the other translating into the indigenous language. And they began to, nos- to, to notice that the third translator began to say the same. Uh, whatever the long, the phrase was, maybe one, two paragraphs, and just short, 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 short. And, um, and they began to say, well, we, we noticed that you say that uh, word. What do you mean with that? Um, well, the point is that I've been telling, I do not understand. So the other word preaching this, and he says, I do not understand. <laughs> so I do not understand. So you, you understand? Sometimes to convey the meaning in, and, and the frame and all the meaning that is involved is a little bit difficult. Not only that, <laughs> it was easier for him because the, the, first, the first Christians, remember something, the first Christians were um, Hebrew background people. And, and the dynamic of emunah and justification, it is, it is very clear for me in, 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 in the Bible. Um, uh, but coming back to the topic, the concept of sedak or sadakah means that the Lord in the Old Testament is recognizing Abraham's conviction as an element of his divine character that is in, in Abraham. And Abraham, from that moment on, was reaffirming his past turn decision and now became under the adoption of God's rule. Um, so it is, it is quite interesting that, for example, when you go to the Bible, this Habakkuk quotation, just will live by faith. The first thing that appears is that the just, sedaka in, in Hebrew, by faith immediately will live. That is, that is the, the fluency in Hebrew language. So it means that a righteous by faith lives. That, that's the concept. But it is, it is quite interesting also that the concept of believe in the Old Testament and in Hebrew is with the dynamic of obey. 
So if you are going to enter into this kind of equation in the Bible. In the Bible, believe in the Old Testament equals obey and do not not believe equals not obey. So every, every time that in the Bible uh, you are going to find out that uh, they didn't do this or they didn't do that, technically what it means that that's, that's the lack of belief. But let, let me finish this. But the lack of belief is, is more important. Why? Because belief, emuna, is a characteristic of who? Of God. So that means that they are not reflecting the character of the Lord in them. So they are not obeying because they are not reflecting God's character in them. That's, that's a critical point. Let me, let me, let me finish that and after that I open, um, um, and that is the, the dynamic of the process of believing according to the Apostle Paul. And tomorrow I'm going to expand this topic a little bit more. <clears throat> Please go to the book of Romans chapter 10. And um, go to book of Romans chapter 10 verses 14 and 15. And also look for the book of Revelation chapter 1. And we are going to be reading, uh, let me see. Um, okay. And we are going to be reading chapter, um, chapter 3. Book of Revelation chapter 1 verse 3. But let me get back to this. And th this is important. Because you are going to see that the Apostle Paul here is using this, this concept of belief. And this is the, the dy dynamics in the early church. And in, this is, I will say, I call this the synagogue dynamic context. Because this is our context in the church. And that is the rationale for which we are going to attend the church. Ladies and gentlemen. Brothers and sisters. Because that, that is important. Um, and, and let's read that. Romans chapter 10 verses 14 and 15. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? You see this? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And now says, And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, and bring glad tidings of good tidings, uh, good things. Sorry. So here, here the concept is belief. New Testament is pistis. But the root mention is emunah. Because the Apostle Paul is thinking in that way. 
So what is, what is the source of the pistis? Think about it. What is the source? Where is coming? The Bible says a faithful preacher is reading the Bible and is transmitting the Bible into the congregation. So the word is read and the dynamic is that the people in the church are thinking. So here is a process of teaching and learning. That is that is the dynamic. That is listen and heard, not read. Remember, the Bible says heard is not written. Probably the point is that many of them in those days could not read or write. And that is that is part of the problem by the audience in those days. And it was a, here a link with listening. Here is the text. I don't know how it comes. That's a miracle for me. Don't ask me. It's not going to come. Um, yes. So, so what is what is the result? The result is building faith in the church or the audience because that process edifies faith in those who listen the word of God. Yes. And, and here is the, uh, yes. And that is, that is, that is the point. So when, I don't know if, uh, I understand. Okay. So then faith come by hearing and hearing is by the word of God. So, so here you say it is the connection. Emuna, pistis, faith. It is built up by hearing just the word of the Lord. So, when you go to the New Testament, but also in the book of Revelation in this case, um, um, Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, see the equation here. Bless is he that read, that is the word of God, and they that hear, that is the word of the prophecy, that is the word of God, and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. So, it's quite interesting this. Let me, let me share with you my perception. John is not new. He's not a young chicken in this moment. He's written and uh, writing the word of Revelation probably in the last century, last decade of the first century, that is around 90-something after Christ. And he was old. And probably he was understanding the dynamics of the hidden and the paganism of, of that people. So he clarified the point and say, and keep those Things. Why I say this? Because in the original, when you say the first is enough. When you say, blessed is he that reads, that is the word of God, 
and they that hear the words of this prophecy. That means the person that is in charge in the church to, to the reading and those who are learning is, is enough. But for those who are coming with a Greek background, probably, he add up and say, and keep the things which are written therein. Why am I saying this? Because the Hebrew people, when, when they read the word, it's final. It's final. It's final. Today, today, sometimes, when, when we are, and by the way, we are in a very, very big crisis in this, sometimes in the Bible, um, when you, when you are discussing some things, the people say, what, what, where in the Bible? What in the Bible is this? You know? Why? Because the authority of the Bible is final. When I was a young girl, now, um, we were having a big discussion with a friend regarding the, the Sabbath of servants. And um, and one day he comes to me and say, "Look, I've been checking in the Bible, and um, and I was surprised because I brought my Bible for the discussion, and he opened the Bible and opened the Bible in Exodus 20. My background was Catholic, so um, I thought, and I was a <clears throat> used to be in those days an altar boy when I was a kid." So I I know about warfare and uh, you know distribution and, and mass and so on. So when uh, when he opened the Bible and I read, for me it was final because the word of God for me was authoritative. In the Hebrew mind, this is final because it's the word of the Lord. And that is that is the dynamic of emuna. When when you are convicted that not only God exists, that is your God, that is your Savior, that is your Lord, and He says so, you are going to just say, well, where where in the Bible say, and you are going to obey. That is the dynamic. And here. Here, the Apostle Paul, uh, it is very clear how is the dynamic in the church. You know, sometimes our, our minds are becoming a little bit more complex with the times. And sometimes this kind of technology is bringing destruction. And, uh, and you can see a lot of accidents and problems and so on. And besides that, we have television, radio, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. Those days, there were no distractions, no matter. So when they go to the to the synagogue, the Bible, you see the dynamic here, and the dynamic is is something like this. If you if you put the synagogue here, and here was the reader, and here was the pews. And the people attending and coming. And here they put the scriptures. 
and they began to read the scriptures, and the people began to hear the scriptures, and there is the word, so the word finally reached the people, and they believe through that process that is very clearly descriptive in this. And this faith enhancing, amplifying, and, uh, and that, uh, that is part of our rationale why we need to go to the church. Uh, sometimes, well, we say what we are going to do this coming Sabbath or, or, or the next or what. Go to the church. Something is going to be for you that day. Don't worry about. You are going to learn something new regarding the scriptures. Because remember this, that, that for then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God bless you and see you tomorrow. Thank you. Sorry. I hope that tomorrow I'm going to Ah, to try to finish this um, situation. Probably I'm going to go to Apple uh, stores in Lansing today to to get this back. And uh, I'm going to to come with me in order to solve this situation. Very, very sorry for for this. Hope uh, is going to be useful in the next seminar. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.